stress. Let's call it one of the perks of clinical practice. We see it all the time. We hear of it. And of course, as clinicians, we feel it. So now we can either leave it at that and just call it one of the issues with the work and one of the issues for our patients, and that's just the way the world works. Or we can talk about ways to try to mitigate it, do something about it, both for ourselves and for our patients. And luckily, my guest today is here to do just that. You're tuning in to ReachMD. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz, and my guest today is Dr. Patricia Sulak, often goes by Patsy, but we'll keep it nice and formal here, Dr. Sulak. She's endowed professor of Texas A&M University College of Medicine, founder of Living Well Aware, and author of the book, Should I Fire My Doctor? Dr. Sulak, welcome to you. Oh, it's great to be here, Matt. It's great to have you again. You're one of my favorite guests. Let's move in on stress a little bit. So obviously it's an epidemic on both ends, clinicians and patients' end, but well, let's start with the patient's end. There are a ton of stressors out there. What is your take on stress for patients? Yeah, well, first of all, can we individually even go through the day without saying the word stress? <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, our patients come in and they're stressed out. I mean, they can't lose weight because they're stressed. I mean, they can't sleep because they're stressed. And it's just, you know, and they have no sex drive and all this other stuff because they're stressed. And they're worried about things. And it's literally incredible. We, we use this word all the time. We're stressed out about everything. And I think it's a culture-created problem. You know, my parents, I don't think they knew the word stress. My in-laws didn't know the word stress. You know, because I'm in my 60s. I mean, they're, you know, they're in their 90s now. But they don't use the word stress. They call it life. But we bought into a culture where it seems like everything stresses us out today. Work stresses us out. Kids stress us out. The grandkids stress us out. Uh, The traffic stresses us out. And 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 it's it's become a problem. And we're starting to see it in health statistics. Hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about health statistics. One of the areas that you've keyed in on were suicide rates that they've essentially exploded in the last, what, 10 years? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the, the numbers or statistics there? The, the, the numbers are incredible. And when I and my husband started pursuing wellness 10 years ago, we thought, okay, this is just going to be about diet and exercise and, and all this. And, and I realized, even in, in my own life, that the problem I was having trouble being healthy and happy had to do with stress. I, I could get stressed out over anything. And I could get upset at my husband over just about anything. And we realized this is not good. And then when I, I thought, I've got to add this to the wellness component of my programs, and I started looking at the statistics on what's going on. And a lot of people are not aware that the CDC has documented this. We have a 30% increase in suicide in middle-aged people. I mean, we're worried about suicide in young people, but middle-aged people, you know, 35 to 64 a 30% increase in suicide over the past few years. In fact, there are more deaths today from suicide than from motor vehicle accidents. And there's plenty of people that die from that. And, and suicide is a top 10 cause of death today. I mean, we have all of these luxuries that no other country has. I mean, it's amazing the conveniences we have today. And we're not happy. All of this stuff is not buying us happiness. In fact, it's sort of driving us crazy trying to have more stuff and this and that and comparing ourselves. And I'm just seeing people so stressed out today. And I saw myself as one of those people going, Patsy, why are you stressed out over this? Because I was buying into this culture of stress. Uh, and we're seeing it in the statistics. Yeah, interesting. I mean, you, you are referring very directly to the culture of stress. So you, 
the implication here is not simply that it's extenuating factors that have come through recession, other things that, that are tied uh, that we can say directly correlating to rise in suicide rates, but it's something more deeply embedded, perhaps as a cultural shift. Oh, th- I think there's no doubt about it. But we know that there have been stressful times throughout life. All right. You know, my parents had to deal with World War II. My dad flew 30 missions over Germany, bombing missions and all. He just came back and said, I've got to get back in with life, even though what he saw there was incredible. But now we have people dealing with things like this, and they're not dealing with it very well at all. And, and so the, the things that people used to just deal with, they're having a, a more difficult time just dealing with even just daily life today. And we're just creating a lot of stressors. So I don't think it's that, oh, we have more stressors today. We have more conveniences today than ever before. We have be- better medical managements of things. But we're, all of this is not working. Our conveniences aren't working. And obviously our medications aren't working if we've got a 30% increase in suicide. We've got better access to health care today right. than ever before. And we still have these problems. In fact, we've got a prescription epidemic of antidepressants, anti-anxiety medicines, medications for sleep, medications for adult attention deficit, all, all, of, these, all of these disorders that, you know, it's not that we have more stress today. It's just that we're not dealing with life itself today. Right. And I definitely want to move in on, on that element of it, the medication influx, if you will, over the past several years. But let's continue waxing poetic for one second. You know, in psychiatry, when patients are faced with a traumatic situation and fail to deal with it over an extended period of time, let's say a year, they get the, the, the label often goes around saying an adjustment disorder. Would you say in this context from some of the things that you've seen that that both on a one-to-one basis with with patients and also just an overall shifting that that you're witnessing and writing about, would you say that America is undergoing some sort of adjustment disorder? I think we are. We're labeling people with a lot of things. And, and we don't have time to help them sh- sift through it. I mean, let's face it, we, we only have so much time with each patient today. When a patient comes in and she's, she's depressed, anxious, not feeling well, I don't have an hour to spend with her and going, what's going on in your life? Why are you depressed? What's causing you to be depressed, anxious? But it only takes us a few seconds to send a prescription electronically. And I'm not saying these medications are not necessary. I, believe me, by any means am I saying, I'm not, I am not saying antidepressants are not necessary, anti-anxiety drugs are not necessary. Uh, but I am saying we all have to look at why am I anxious? Why am I depressed? And it's because of my thinking about whatever's going on. And that's one of the most incredible things I and my husband learned from pursuing wellness was that we actually had to look at our thinking why do we get stressed out? Why, why would we get upset? Why do we have grievances? And actually, and actually look at this. And that's why I think mindfulness-based stress reduction, started by John Kabat-Zinn years ago, is actually you know, spreading throughout the country. And there are a couple of hundred stress reduction clinics that, based on his philosophy, around the United States. It started at Mass General, where he started it a few decades ago, and he's still there. But you know, we have to look at what's causing us stress and what's causing us to be anxious and, 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 and to take ownership of this. And that's why I say, like, you know, my book is Should I Fire My Doctor? Well, don't fire your doctor, but hire yourself. And now, every time I get stressed out, I realize it's my thinking about whatever happened. 
and I want to be 100% responsible for all my stress. When I get stressed out, it's my reaction to what's happening. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to get stressed out. I mean, my goodness, I was I and my husband were uh, involved in a car accident, a major car accident. Guy, body in the road, and it was it was incredible. That was a little bit stressful. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was just glad the other car that pulled over to help was an EMS guy, <laughs> being a gynecologist. Somebody help me out here. But it, that's stressful. But it's this chronic stress that hurts us. Acute stress is going to happen. We're going to get that phone call we didn't want to get. You know, or we're going to get that mammogram report we didn't want to get. You know, and so we're going to be that acute stress. The question is, it's this long-term stress that we need to look at. And that's really what's harming us today. And that's what's causing us to not deal with life well, to have to be on medications long-term. And it's increasing our suicide rate, unfortunately. Well, speaking of acute stresses, if you're just tuning in, this is ReachMD. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz, and I'm joined by Dr. Patsy Sulak, we're talking about stress, both for patients, for clinicians, for everyone, essentially, permeating and pervading this country. I have to admit, just talking about this with you right now is actually decreasing my levels of stress, so I thank you in advance. (laughs) But in continuing our discussion on this, where do we go from here? One of the, the... the catchwords that I think you were, you were really referring to was mindfulness, that a very big element of wellness when it comes to stress reduction is mindfulness. And it doesn't take away the acute stresses, but it does help us mitigate the chronic stresses, which you're saying are the real, the real killer. So where do we go from here? Well, it's, of, of my 11 essential elements to health and happiness that I talk about in my book, Should I Fire My Doctor? Number 10 is pause, ponder, plan, pray, whatever you call it in your world. Or we like to call it is RPM, you know, reflection, prayer, and meditation. And it's something I and my husband do every day now. I mean, after we go work out and come home, we have breakfast and all, we take a minimum of 15 minutes every day just to stop, turn everything off, not, not just the iPhone, our mouth, turn everything off and meditate. And we've, we've got even some uh, guided meditation tapes. You can go online and find some really, really good ones where you just turn this world off. We are so connected today electronically. We've got our iPhones everywhere, and it's just we've got our computers, and, it's, and, and we're walking around with things in our ears. You see people walking down the street, and they've got stuff in their ear rather than just looking around at the beauty of the day. And we take a minimum of 15 minutes every day just to meditate and stop and try to remove all thoughts, and particularly negative thoughts. If a negative thought comes in, we tell it to go away. And think just positive thoughts because we are so filled today with negative images. I mean, think about the news that we hear every day. It's negative stuff that's happening. And this this really is affecting our thinking. There's so much negative news that we don't actually think about all the positive things and the wonderful things that are going on because the media is filling us with negative images. We need to get away from that and think positive. I cannot, I can't. I can't talk enough about mindfulness meditation and just having positive thoughts, getting rid of negative thoughts, and just, just, you know, I like to start off with every day, I am blessed, I am grateful, (laughs) and just just see the beauty of the day. Right. Well, your news analogy is is definitely apt. The quote, no news is good news, is easily applicable when you switch it around and say that good news is never news these days. I mean, that is sort of the culture that we are in. But... Let's, I'm sure you deal with a number of patients when you kind of make this recommendation and it sort of looks like it's in when you're out the other because they're thinking and you know they're thinking this 
I don't have time for that. If I try to take time for myself in that way, I'm either going to get fired, I'm going to have somebody who's counting on me, such as my kids or my, my spouse, who are going to go crazy. How do, you, how do you deal with that? Sure. I think we all have this. I mean, what's the number one excuse we have for not doing things we need to do? I don't have enough time. time. That's why essential element number five is we need to meticulously manage our money in minutes. It's either I don't have enough time or I don't have enough money to go buy something that I need to get to be healthy, healthy food, the gym membership, or whatever. We need to manage our time. We are filling our time today with a lot of stuff that's not necessary. In fact, it's not healthy. And we all have to look at our schedule. I and my husband quit watching TV. I repeat, we quit watching TV. I don't even know what that's like. Yeah, I don't right. even know what uh, that means. We quit watching TV. I cannot name one sitcom on TV. We have not watched TV for years. Now, I'm going to ask you, Matt, am I, miss- am I missing anything? Well, I could tell you that there are some great <laughs> things out there, but yeah. I, I'm going to guess that the answer is no. I mean, anything I need. I can go online and find the news. I can, I can, I can get the Wall Street Journal online, the, the New York Times. I, I can get my news online, and we really quit watching TV mm. because we realized it was taking up our precious time for, uh, for me and him together. And by pursuing a lot of these, I can tell you, uh, our, in fact, we, we were married 35 years this weekend, and here we are in New York City spending our 35th wedding anniversary, and our marriage is at a level I never thought possible. And one reason is because I decided to get stress out of my life, and what I had to do was change my thinking. And the things that used to upset me now, if they upset me, it's, it's just a few seconds, then I catch myself and go, now why is being stressed out going to help that? I always say the funny thing is that I used to get upset at my husband, even over little things, and now there's nothing he can do to upset me. But I tell him not to push it, okay? (laughs) But we all have to look at this. We have to focus on mindfulness meditation. We have to look at every time we catch ourselves being stressed out, being anxious, being depressed, we have to realize it's actually our ego. And stress is nothing but a battle between our ego and our inner self. Our inner self wants this world of peace, joy, and love. And our ego has other ideas. Our ego is buying into a culture full of stress, depression, anxiety, discompare, discontent, grievances. And we get, we get, it's all so easy for us to buy into that. But now by practicing this, when I, I catch myself, when I get upset at somebody or when things aren't going my way, I go, Patsy, it's your thinking. And being stressed out, having this grievance, being upset about this isn't going to help anything. And it has totally changed. Uh, My marriage has totally changed things at work. Uh, Even my husband says things he used to get upset over in the operating room, he doesn't get upset over anymore because he realizes that isn't going to help anything. In fact, it makes things worse. Right, right. And another theme that I'm subtly catching, and maybe I'm totally off the mark and you can correct me if I am, is that Honest communications about one's stress with the people that they care about is also incredibly important and a very important element of support. It doesn't surprise me that in your cutting away TV, for instance, which is the most passive, non-communicative experience that two people can have, you're also remarking that your relationship is better than it's ever been. I wonder if others listening or viewing this might be thinking along those lines, you know, if they take steps to improve their communication about stress with the people that they love, if not just themselves if things won't get a lot better. Oh, there's no doubt about it, and I encourage people to do that. Not only just that day-to-day turning off the TV and communicating with people, turn off the phones, turn off the TV, put the computer down, which is so difficult for us to do because I can be an email addict. A lot of people are Facebook addicts. 
We need to turn that stuff off and just communicate with the people that are around us. And also, I might add, take wellness vacations. I, rather than maybe going on a cruise and eating yourself into oblivion and drinking yourself. <laughs> I thought that was wellness. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, we actually take wellness vacations now. In fact, we've got a week planned off at some cheap house we're going to rent in Costa Rica. Very inexpensive. We're just going to go get away for a week and just be together and do some reading and reflect on the past year and reflect about the upcoming year. And it's, it's what we're going to do in January. Just, just, to, just to get together and do something just that has to do with wellness. Just like for my 60th birthday a few years ago. A lot of people, maybe they would have done something differently, but I decided to hike all the way down the Grand Canyon and back up in the same day and then have a relax after that. And that was a big part of wellness. And so we, let, let's look at even our vacations. Let's not let our vacations make us miserable in the long run. Take a wellness vacation. Do something cool that's, that's maybe physically exerting, but also just relaxing. And because all of this is going to matter, we're going to have better relationships. And we haven't touched on this, Matt, but we're also going to have less pain. Today, we have a prescription painkiller epidemic. The CDC has documented this. The number of deaths from overdoses are incredible. And one million emergency room visits by women alone for drug use, drug misuse and abuse, most of it prescription misuse. And so we're dragging people down. And the more we're, if we're less stressed, we can also deal with physical pain better. If we're stressed out, that little pain turns into a huge pain. And so not only are we seeing a prescription epidemic in our drugs for emotional disorders, we're seeing a painkiller epidemic also. So all of this helps. I can tell you, I, I had major surgery, and with meditation and all, and just mindfulness and focusing on other things, I didn't have to use a narcotic. I was pretty incredible. I thought, can you really do this? And it was pretty amazing. And so if we decrease the stress in our life, we're going to have better relationships. Work is going to be better. We're, we're going to need less pain medications. All of this stuff really works. And if I wasn't applying it to my own life and seeing the results, I, I wouldn't be believing this stuff. But it's something that, that we can all do. And the more we do it, it's going to be easier for us to talk to our patients about it. That's a perfect wrap up. I both love and hate the fact that you brought up pain in this conversation because it's entirely appropriate, but it is Pandora's box. There's an entirely different interview. Unfortunately, and Pat's going to hate me for saying this, we don't have enough time. (laughs) Our interview has closed. Dr. Patrick, I want to thank you again. This has been a fantastic interview. I'm looking forward to getting on again to talk about this subject in more depth and maybe approach some of these subjects such as pain that you spoke about. Thanks again for your time. Oh, no, thank you. It's my privilege. Thanks. <laughs> this is ReachMD. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz. If you want to find this and other interviews, come over to ReachMD.com and download at your peril. Thanks again.